Welcome to NFT Hype. This is your host, Johan, also known as RealMTBMan on Twitter, slash X. This is the show where you learn about NFTs, ordinals, the technologies, the collections, and everything about NFTs and NFT-related technologies and the blockchains that they sit on. Give us a follow and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by CryptoSlam.io, the multi-chain data aggregator indexing over 21 plus blockchains. From Ethereum to Bitcoin to Solana to everything in the industry, CryptoSlam has got you covered for the latest and greatest information about what's trending in the NFT space. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I met you in a couple of spaces and your reputation precedes you. You're just a great security guy and you have a project going. So before we get to that, thanks for joining on to NFT Hype here for this quick episode on multi-sig security in the Bitcoin space. What is your background in crypto and experience and how did you get into the space? Yeah, it's actually, uh, you know, one of those uh, happenstance sort of things. I was in IT and sort of recognized Bitcoin early on in some chats for what it was, which was kind of a network, right? A self-incentivizing network and thought it was cool and dabbled. Uh, didn't really get financially involved until later, unfortunately, but at the time it was a toy. We were all playing with it and having fun. Yep. And then, I mean, who could have seen? Honestly, I, I was happy with just Bitcoin, but seeing all these iterations, innovations, different layers, programmability, uh, I just dove right in because it was once again just fun. It seemed like uh, it, I, I'm old enough to remember early internet days, BBS boards, and and you know AOL chat rooms and stuff. So to me, this innovation burst is very similar to that, where you can almost build anything you want, and who knows, right? It could be like the solution that no one knew they needed, and. I got swept through all of DeFi with that. Uh, worked on some DeFi wallets, uh, ERC, uh, Polkadot type stuff. And then when I saw ordinals and this sort of Bitcoin revival, it was like a homecoming call. And I kind of dropped everything else I was working on and just made my way over to this space, found some really cool people. Um, and yeah, that's that's the story. Then we, we made a Cigna. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> So just so you don't feel like the only type of guy in that situation, I remember being in high school when the internet was not out yet. And <laughs> and I was on BBS boards as well and uh, downloading games and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So just so you know, you're in uh, the I'm, right. I'm glad you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Then you, you get it too with crypto and, and Bitcoin. It's like that whole, it's like a repeat, right? It's like, except this time. I'm an adult, right? Yeah. I can like make my stuff for real businesses. It's great. Yeah, I remember them displaying, uh, you know, demoing the internet in the the mall cafeteria uh, <laughs> area, and they had Mister Starchy Tuberhead, and it was like just uh, put these uh, things on the potato head. You know, that was the internet back then. Well, you are bringing me back, man. That is hilarious. <laughs> so do you, you know, business side aside. Do you collect any of the art? And what if so, like, what are your favorite ordinals so far that you've collected? Oh, wow. Yes, I absolutely 
I love for me, it's it's got nothing to do, honestly, with any sort of like speculation or whatever. I love that these ridiculous and often awesome pieces are on Bitcoin and that it's like they're there, they're part of it, they're out there, people can call to it, you know, you can use them, manipulate them. The programmability is getting really cool there too. So yeah. I got to say, being an old schooler, like we're saying, I do have that soft spot for pixel art, uh, especially the kind that has that soul to it, like, you know, Mario and and some of those old games, Ghosts and Goblins, the kind of stuff they could do with like just a few pixels to really create mood. Um, so I'm seeing stuff like I, 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 I always hate to do this because I don't want to leave anyone out because they're so good. But like uh, Skull X, I think I got in early with uh, Knox over there. Those guys do an, an amazing set of kind of like, you know, dark uh, pixel art skull focus stuff. And they've got all the different kind of callings from like cyber, you know, to the hellscapes and darkness. So those I love. Um, I mean, I think even the fun stuff like Goosenals and the Bingies and You've got, uh, oh, and frogs, of course, because they were kind of like some cool OGs that really saw the ordinals and did did like a, a big collection. Of course, I'm, I'm fronting my OMB, and that's just like, you know, ZK, all those guys over there are such doers, uh, you know, philosophers. They really get it. They get the space, and they're here to like, you know, grow roots into it and and build the whole thing up. So the OMBs, you got to love. Um and you know, there's the, like I, I Butoshi's and stuff. Like uh, I met those guys in Amsterdam. Great, even um, the the Bit Rabbits, the Bitcoin Ordinal Rabbits um, that Joe's doing. There's really really cool stuff going around. I'm sure I'll think of more later. I just I adore it. Right. I think all that pixel art is so fun. And then I also got a shout out to like the real art too. Right. Like I've got all kinds of stuff from Counterfeit. I love all the graffiti and, and street art and kind of crossover there. And I love the the guys that are doing like cool, you know, digital art and pushing the boundaries and the way they've kind of come as a collective. Um, you know, you've got really cool collections and stuff being released on uh, quadrillion with bit God and all that. And, um, and then uh, Sir Gadfly and the hoodlums, that's my West coast, like fire, you know, hoodie but with gold gilded feel man takes me back love that stuff and you know there's so many more i, I feel bad if uh if i didn't give anyone a proper shout but uh you know uh even oh, even yeah. the uh, pizza ninjas and stuff right but dude i love it all so much i'm filling my wallets and i have like like i'm not buying like to sell i'm not doing like a market trade this is just going to be the museum of the the coolest part of my life <laughs> yeah and you know i was talking to my partner about that this morning it's like uh these are definitely a museum collection of pieces that were early on ordinals, especially, you know, this time before it really goes mass uh, mainstream. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you brought me back to some of those pixel games that you're talking about. Did you ever yeah. play those uh, King's Quest and Police Quest? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It was all so good. I, you know, I was just hooked on it. Uh, Final Fantasy and everything from the OG stuff where you had to hold the little button on the cartridge before you turned off the, the Nintendo like, I think I played through everything. I had to, I'm trying to think. I think I fell off the wagon just uh, maybe right after college where, you know, work gets a little intense at first and missed yep. a few few things there. But yeah, I was all on. And now if I ever find a scrap of time, you know, I try to jump on uh, whatever the latest is. I played a little bit of RoboCop the other day. That was cool. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so let's get into your company. Um, you know, yeah. I was on personal space with you, with some of the guys, and they're talking. It was such an organic project that just booted up out of nowhere from a tweet that went out. Yep. And now they're thinking of possibly putting some organization behind it. Um, what What does a Cigna do and how could you help? Oh, yeah. I mean, so that is really cool because it's a spectrum. And that's what I love about current like blockchain. If you're a cypherpunk and you don't want to give up identity and, you know, your privacy is part of your ethos, then you can break up your DAO through a multi-sig, right? So that even the people within the DAO, they would need to have some sort of relationship, obviously, in order to communicate and, you know, decide on transactions. But essentially... They don't have to know each other or trust each other because no single one of them would have the authority to do anything without the rest knowing. And that in itself is a spectrum, right? When you set the wallet up for a multi-signature, how many total keys have access? And of those total keys, how many are required for the threshold to actually make a transaction go through? And that, of course, depends heavily on what the goals are um, and, you know, perhaps even the amounts involved, right? Obviously, larger amounts, you want more eyes and, and more people authorizing. But if it's just a payroll wallet that holds 5,000 a month, uh, you know, maybe you only need uh, three people on that and maybe two can sign or one can sign and the other two are just being, you know, aware that it's going on. Uh, but yeah, to break something up like Goosenals, since it kind of came uh, about in that organic way and since it doesn't really have a central authority per se, to bring in the, you know, whoever people feel are, are the kind of the top geese, I guess, <laughs> the top geesinals, um, those guys would get together and they would, you know, jump in a, a chat, work it out. They would all share whatever the, the public key is that they were going to authorize. And then you fire up in a Signa vault. And at least so many people out of the total signers will have to be aware of and agree on uh, a transaction before it can be authorized. And that prevents KYC. You know, it's 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 not you can't really say fully trust less, but it's it's less trust than just uh, one guy that, you know, you hope is going to listen to the community. Um, you know, this way you would have people that may or may not be doxxed themselves to individuals. Um, you know, I, it's, it's not necessarily healthy to go shouting out all your personal info on Twitter, but obviously we're B2B. So all our business partners, you know, anyone that, that we work with, they, they know who we are. We just trust them not to, you know, <laughs> tell, tell them where my kids go to school on Twitter. <laughs> but, um, yeah. A lot of people are in that same, you know, boat where it's not that they're necessarily, you know, they're they're anonymous for their own personal safety, not necessarily because they're trying to avoid any, you know, legal repercussions or anything. So these things are pretty easy to work out. Uh, and then, of course, you know, on the other end of the that spectrum, it's like you would have maybe some key holders that are fully docked so that they're more accountable. Uh, but then neither one, no, no particular individual could could be, you know bullied or threatened into it because they wouldn't have the full authority anyway you would have to you know coerce seven people right to do something so then your difficulty bar goes up it's kind of like putting a, an alarm system on your house right burglar looks in they see the red blinking light in the camera they're just going to go to the next house that doesn't have a burglar alarm and break into that you know what i mean so 
you, you can now, add that security and hassle where any sort of entity knows they can't really interrupt your operations by attacking one party. And so then they go looking for lower hanging fruit. Okay. Now what happens? So the Asigna vault, is that centralized? Like if a Asigna... Oh, no, no, no. Non-custodial. Absolutely. Cannot say that enough. They're, the money never goes anywhere except for the address that the signers themselves set up. It's not stored anywhere else. All on chain. I see. So the multi-sig apparatus is fully on chain. Exactly. Uh, for ordinals, for uh, BRC20s, uh, our stack stuff is up and running, all that. Um, it is non-custodial. Your money is never accessible by anyone but the people who have agreed upon that key set, right? So if you need three out of seven, as long as you can get three out of seven, you can, you know, you control that money, right? No one else can. Uh, two of seven can't control it. You know, no one else can control it. Now, how does Bitcoin do that without smart contracts? I'm I'm not a Bitcoin OG. Oh yeah, no, totally. This, this is what uh, is so cool. So before there are other multi-sigs for just native Bitcoin, right? Um, and that's fine. It's just, you can't really work with ordinals and, and L2s and all this other stuff that we've got coming, right? Like we see all runes, we know all this stuff's coming. So that's what we're targeted for. And what we do is we take advantage of the exact same taproot scripts that they use to actually make the ordinals in the BRC20s. So it's just these collection of signed uh, scripts that everyone authorizes that creates this address, a taproot address where the ordinals or the Bitcoin or the BRC20s go into. And then that address can only be manipulated by the creators and by reaching the threshold of creators. So you could have 10 people create the wallet and only need two people to sign for transactions, right? That and would obviously be an environment with a lot of trust. <laughs> and that is technology that's inherent to the Bitcoin core code? Uh, so to uh, to Taproot, which is what ordinals and everything are, are built on. Ours is a Taproot. So just like you have the SegWit wallets and Lightning, and and there they are. You know, native Bitcoin is uh, is there even for Lightning. Um, but you are like like people have to be basically running the Taproot nodes, uh, which they already are, uh, which is why you know ordinals and everything work. Uh, but that's those are the nodes that specifically are reading the taproot version of Bitcoin. The taproots, uh, I don't want to call it a layer. We, we, I, I'm not happy with the language we've worked out. But the taproot scripts that are now being encoded in Bitcoin, um, some, you know, most most miners obviously because they want money are still processing it all. And then the nodes that make sense of it, right, where you can see it indexed and kind of see the picture with the satoshi and the inscription, that sort of stuff. Uh, those are the ones that are reading the the taproot scripts and, and making sense of it all. Ah, so, so yeah, I that's the that's yeah. where we're built. If you want to call it a layer, that's where we're at. Okay, I got it. So with the taproot upgrade came along all these cool things and ordinals. Exactly, was- they've enabled this. So you're you're in a taproot address when you set up a, a fresh address in our in our wallet for ordinals. Uh, and once again, we're going to be keeping up with all the other, uh, you know. Uh, languages i guess i i really hope we get a good term for all this because I'm, I'm stumbling but you know what i mean all these rgb and and uh other scripting and coding systems are starting to build into bitcoin uh we're going to make sure we support so that there is support for all these projects i mean you know if you think about it that's what happened with punks and apes everyone was sitting there with their hot wallet ethereum you know metamask that everyone gets rugged for signing greedy transactions fomoing in 
And all of a sudden, someone holding 10 apes, you know, might have had millions of dollars in that hot wallet. And it's like, you can go that in crypto, that's how fast it can happen, right? You can be sitting there on a nominal amount that it wouldn't even ruin your day if you lost it all. And you can wake up the next morning and go, OMG, like, I got to store this somewhere. Like, what do I, how do I keep people from stealing this right out of my MetaMask on my desktop? Um, so we just want to make sure that we're ahead of the rugs, you know, from the get go. So uh, not only that, if you really think about it, it would be really hard for institutional and high net worth, you know, big money to come on to the ordinals and, and the other layers without there being this bit of infrastructure for them. You, you can't bring, you know, $4 million worth of art collection and then just keep it on Bob's wallet and hope he still works for you tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Now tell me more about Asigna. How did the company get started and why should projects trust you? Um, great questions, man. This is this is what I'm here for. Uh, so we came together because we had worked on various other DeFi projects uh, and other ecosystems over the last few years together, um, sort of here and there. Uh, and then when we we both uh, kind of saw each other in the same uh, chat rooms and spaces, and I think at heart we all had sort of started in and, and were core BTC, you know, with with what we wanted, and we were just having fun with the rest. So. When we started talking, we both thought the same thing, which is, you know, there's some basic missing infrastructure that would be great to have ready, you know, for everyone that might want to onboard. And we saw the multi-sig as something that was pretty crucial and that no one had really built any, you know, like I say, there are ways to multi-sig like native Bitcoin. You can also, you know, do your Satoshis. It's just not very friendly, you know, to this, this facing side. So we just wanted to make sure it was there because we've seen this too many times how, you know, rags to riches, right? And then poor guys, you keep 4 million in your hot wallet, you're bound to lose 4 million, you know? It's just people people watch that stuff, they'll target you, they'll they'll figure out who you are and they'll track you down. So anything with a big chunk, uh we knew would need this and we started working on it and getting attention from, you know, Obviously, we're we're kind of boring. We're not hyping up uh, <laughs> ordinals or tokens, so we're not really selling to individuals. But all the right people in all the right you know parts of the Bitcoin space agreed that we were necessary and were have been happy to support us. And so you know we're just full steam ahead on it and ready to help uh, everyone you know stay safe and and kind of get set up. And an excellent question on why should anyone trust us? And the truth well, on that. Before you is get to shouldn't. that, uh, Mike, yeah, like, go for it. How big is the team? Uh, who is we? So I've got my two co-founders, Viv and Vlad, and then we have. So obviously, where we're at in this stage, you know, the team below that is not incredibly stable because we have different needs at different times for different updates. You know, sometimes there's we got to add more to the front end. Other times we're really just trying to tighten up some new stuff or upgrade on the back end. But I would say the rest of the team maybe fluctuates between, uh, I think we've seen 10 people on there at once before when we were doing graphics and back end and stuff all at the same time, but probably three or four that are kind of more steady on the, uh, on the development side. So yeah, you know, six, six, seven people uh, at any given time, probably working, um, crunch times more and, and we have to uh, bring on a little extra help but yeah we're, we're trying to keep it lean for now 
um, you know, uh, I think at some point the bull run will, will catch us and we just won't have a choice, but to try to expand or, or die and take on more directions. You know how it is. All these layers will pop up and some will never make it, but we'll have to support. Otherwise, you know, there's the rug. <laughs> Here's a message from our sponsor. Are you a founder or CEO looking to expand your user base, community and product usage, but don't want to hire full-time staff or looking to slash burn rates? while adding more productivity to your team? Well, consider Alumi, your trusted partner in flexibly scaling your business so you can focus on other important things. Contact us today at hello at alumi.com or visit alumi.com. That's A-L-O-O-M-I-I. So ex- uh, given this rug uh, situation, can you give an example of uh, where a multi-sig can benefit some teams and where some examples where it's not uh needed oh yeah yeah um like obviously if if you've got a a wallet okay i I should i should clarify because the world is a big place uh this is all relative to whatever your threshold is for loss you know if twenty dollars is your entire net worth it may be worth it to you to set up a multi-sig number one for security and number two so you just have options to not lose one you know key right you can have a backup key for yourself stuff like that but you know let's just assume that two hundred dollars is is an amount that's sort of negligible to a project they if that is a wallet that has that amount in it and it's not critical they would not need a multi-sig or the oversight right you don't need multiple people getting called to meet up at a certain time of day to do the signing uh, wallets that might be doing complicated interactions that are going to require the approval of multiple time-sensitive um, transactions. You know, unless you're dealing with a lot of money, you don't want to have three people on the phone necessarily all trying to coordinate, you know, adding liquidity at a certain price before someone else buys the token ahead of you and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so some, you know, hot wallets, depending on value and size, wouldn't be ideal. A lot of individuals. If you're just if you're just uh, you know degening a little and and spending a few hundred here and there and and you know you're gambling and you're happy taking losses and lessons, then a multi sig would be a hassle and you wouldn't be able to do quick moves. You know, even you know you you even have to sign from both your own signatures, even if you were the only one in control of all the signatures on the wallet. Um, so you know. Lower stakes, uh, higher frequency transaction stuff is less inclined for multi-sig, but your treasuries, right? If it's the collection before it's going to get released, what you don't want is you don't want someone sneaking one off to their buddy uh, because they happen to have access to it. So you want to make sure everything's approved and everyone knows. Um, and, And this goes for the community optics as well. When the community, you know, is sitting there and there's the founder and he's just got the wallet and all the money from the mint or from whatever is sitting in that wallet, all eyes are on that wallet. And if it wiggles, everyone freaks out because they know that person can just unload. But if you have, you know, a group of people that are sort of trusted, even if they're not KYC, if they're just known, you know, trusted in the community, um, that serves not only the project itself because not there's not one fail point. And, you know, you have people to catch a mistake, you know, you're not going to accidentally send off a boatload of BTC uh, as the fee, because if you set it up in a hurry and you say, hey, guys, I need you to sign this, everyone's going to take a look at that. And someone's going to go, wait a second, you know, why, why are we paying 
80,000 in fees to send, you know, 0.1 Bitcoin. And then you'll catch that mistake. You can reset the transaction. So it's oversight, you know, loss prevention, uh, as well as security. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's scale. It's really scale. And don't forget, just like with any sort of DAO and sub DAOs, you can have a, a big wallet with the full treasury that might hold, you know, whatever, uh, if a company raised millions or they they sold out a mint for millions, all that is in that big one. And you have, you know, the trusted, important, the founders, maybe, you know, they bring up someone from the community to show good good faith and oversight. You, you need three people out of five to authorize a transaction. And you don't expect many transactions out of that wallet. And then there might be two smaller multi-sigs. And one sort of operations where you're paying your web servers and one might be for payroll for the moderators, you know, and the, and the smaller guys uh, that are, that are, or the smaller uh, sort of salaries that are helping out around. And so you're not putting a chunk in there, right? You're not putting, you know, a hundred thousand a month in there to go out. You're, you're putting more like 10,000 in there a month. And then you need maybe, you know, three people have access to it one two maybe have to sign for the payroll but it just means mostly that if someone calls in sick another person can issue payroll right it's not so much about oh this wallet's a high target and they're going to be coming after the keys it's more it's more just let's make sure the wheels keep turning kind of safety so you can mix in different setups of wallets with different purpose all sort of nested you know within each other you know uh mike i don't know how many times in crypto i've heard uh projects and people and teams say we got to get all our ducks in a row uh, <laughs> i think that should be your slogan for this company get your ducks in a row you know that, that's uh i like that <laughs> it, yeah yeah that's uh i got that cmo mind but like yeah it, it really does sound like if you're a serious project if you're somebody that needs to get all their ducks in a row this is one of the first things that you would do am i right or wrong here I mean, look, I, I definitely don't want to shame anyone because everyone's doing the best they can. You know, we weren't available when some projects were launching. But yeah, I do consider uh, from all the projects I've done on, on any chain, I, I consider a proper multi-sig setup critical. I mean, that really is the DAO. A DAO is just a word. It doesn't have much meaning on paper. If anything, there's a few places that treat it like an LLC, but that's that's meaningless. Now you're just an LLC with a different name, right? So to me, the DAOs really are the multi-sigs. That's where, you know, if someone just, you know, has a tragic you know, car accident or just decides they're bored and leaves, the, the funds aren't just locked away, right? And if there's disagreements, they can be resolved by majority vote. You know, are there enough people that will authorize this transaction? And, you, you know, you can always find maybe one or two bad actors that'll team up. It's hard to find a lot of people at once that will just disregard, you know, their morality, their upbringing, their general feelings of being a good human that we all have. Um, there, there's always going to be a few that can can slip in, but with these multi sigs, you really, you know, start to hedge against that factor, and you make it easy, you know, for for people to catch mistakes or maybe just to even rethink something, right? Maybe like, hey, maybe you know. So and so before they sign makes a little bit of an appeal. I, you know, just want to say I think maybe if we made, waited two days, this would be a better move. It leaves a lot of you know flexibility 
and security while also, you know, generating a lot of trust and a lot of ease amongst anyone who's working together uh, on a project. Because in the end, it's not who can shout the loudest or, you know, who believes the most. It's do, do does, you know, is the core or is the, or are the founders on board with this or not? Right. Right. Um, now moving on into like a bit about how, it works like what is your user experience like what can what can a project or an individual expect when they do set up a multi-sig and how does that how does your ux work it great question again uh and and i'll just say something we're constantly working on because we understand that we're at the point in bitcoin where we're not you know all the geeks like me are here all the you know DeFi like all of that's here we're now starting to onboard you know more typical web two users and so we're always taking feedback literally there is whatever anyone's opinion you don't have to be a technical person everyone can just be like this is you know i don't know what this means or this is dumb but we've tried to think of it as simply as possible and so what you would do is you would first decide who is on this multi-signature right who are the people that will be signers and you will need someone will need to collect all of their uh, public signing addresses, the wallet that's, you know, their Xverse or whatever that they choose to sign these things with. They can set up a completely new one. It's all fine. It's just signing. Um, and then they, the someone will initiate this, this vault, this multi-signature sort of vault, and they will send out uh, an invite is what we call it. What it really is is the public address of the vault. And then everyone else, when they go to the Asigna page, uh, usually if you're using like uh, a plugin wallet, like Xverse or something, it'll usually recognize and sort of show you the vaults you're a part of. But if not, it doesn't pop up. You just put in uh, the invite code, you know, the vault public address that you were given from the creator of the vault, and then you'll see it and you will see how you can click on it. Uh, it'll, you know, you can go to the different tabs uh, for assets, BRC20s, ordinals, uh, stacks. We've got some more stuff coming. Uh, and then you can choose what you want to do within that. So if you were to click on, uh, say, an ordinal, uh, you'd have the option to send it. And when you hit the send it, it starts building the multi-sig transaction. And so it starts a partially signed uh, TX, and then it's going to wait um, until enough other signers check in. So let's say you sent 10 invites out to 10 people on your DAO for your ordinal project. And... You've got all the ordinals in this multi-sig vault so that no one can prematurely take one or, or list them until everyone's agreed. And now you want to give out the founders uh, ordinals. You could go in, you click on the one that's going to Marty, right? And you send it to Marty's address and you start that transaction. And if you had 10 people that started it, and let's just say that your threshold was three people have to agree uh, out of the 10 that it's a valid transaction. So now you need to ping two people at least that will look at what you're trying to do and say, yep, Marty's, you know, he's on the list. Uh, this is what we're trying to do. And then those two people will agree with your signature and then it takes off. And of course, if it's a higher stakes account, you may want more signatures. Maybe you need over half the people to agree. You need six signatures out of 10 uh, if anyone wants to move one because it's a really big deal, right? Um, 
sorry, hope that answered your question. I, I, I realized I got lost in the nuts and bolts as I was working it out. <laughs> no, that I was actually quite helpful because it, it helps uh, the audience kind of visualize the, the processes that need to take place and myself, to be honest. So tell us a little bit about that announcement that you had by integrating uh, a, a Cigna into the Xverse wallet. The, what you had mentioned there is that, so there is a special section within Xverse now that, that has all these tabs and everything. I, I haven't personally taken a look at it yet. Um, so, so this is still rolling out. Uh, I think it's on the web. I like, I don't know if it's going to be on your uh, Xverse app on your phone yet. Um, but there should be, uh, deeper integrations now and you'll have to pardon me. I, uh, I am, I am an IT guy and I'm, I'm kind of leading our marketing on this one. Uh, I don't, uh, I haven't coded since COBOL. So <laughs> I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on anything technical and, and have my, uh, have my my tech founder uh, yell at me. Vlad will get very upset if I misrepresent things. So, um, but yeah. Um, sorry, set me up one more time. Uh, the the Xverse wallet integration. So yeah, Xverse wallet in integration. That's that's going to make a lot of the things signing a little bit easier, where you can do it with within the wallet. Um, I. I don't know exactly where we are on mobile versus web functionality. So I don't want to make any, uh, any public claims. And, um, and I don't, if I pull it up in front of me, I don't know which version I'll be looking at. So I'll, I don't want to say things are working that aren't quite out there, but yeah, Xverse leather, uh, and we have ledger coming too. you, you will have super easy, uh, interactions. It's not going to have to pop up like multiple windows. It'll be able to set the transactions up through it. Uh, and you'll be able to do like a, a easy clean sign through a pop up, um, and you know instead of the the more formal sort of uh, signers. Uh, and if I recall, yes, there should be uh, the mobile experience coming soon. And what about? Um, but yeah, full integration, options. hopefully. And options for other popular wallets like Unisat. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Unisat. I think we already are pretty much fully integrated um if i recall and then leather and now our big focus is ledger coming up um i've seen uh, i don't know if they've teased it yet uh from the main account but i've seen some of the uh the teaser stuff coming so i've seen some test transactions going through i think we're just waiting on a one more plug-in for that and then you know, once you have the hardware wallet signing in an easy way directly, like technically you could sign like through the other wallets, but now you're like three wallets deep by the time you get to a signal, which is, you know, can be confusing. You know, we just want to make sure everything's right there. Like when you're on the signal wallet uh, on that page that, you know, you can click anything and whatever you're using is just going to pop up and make it happen for you. Okay. And so there is a UI within the wallets themselves, but there's also on your website. Am I mistaken? Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. No, for now, you definitely want to go through our website uh, for like the, you know, the most holistic experience. Um, and then, yes, these these wallet integrations where you're just going to be able to, you know, see your uh, Signal Vaults right within there are definitely coming. Um, they're 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 out and ready in some spots, but I think mobile is really the big one. So that's what we're we're sort of waiting on. Um, I feel like with Xverse, especially since it's the only mobile, that's like kind of the go-to. And I don't know about you and your experience may be different, but I am now like, if it's not my cold wallets or, you know, my, my like uh, 
you know, regular Bitcoin wallets. I'm almost all mobile now. Interesting. Okay. So I guess I I had a question here to ask you about future goals for a Cigna within this next six to 12 months. Would you say that it's part of that plan mostly or there's there i mean more? we're bringing some really cool stuff online uh for the layer two stuff like stacks we already have streaming pay and um like payroll services so you can kind of have have a multi-sig where everyone signs like at the beginning of the month and and everything sort of unlocks for everyone to claim uh on the ordinals and bitcoin like native side We've got uh, tooling and support coming in for rare sets, uh, interesting sets, inscriptions. Uh, basically, you know, once again, sort of making everything native in the wallet, everything you could want to do, manipulating and and hunting and and doing things with uh, rare sets. Um, and then we have, like I was saying, our RGB coming and uh, all these all these other sort of Bitcoin layers. Ah, Got to get a we got to get a good perm for all that, but but we've got uh, support rolling out for all of those, um, and I, oh, we got other stuff. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet. I haven't seen it on a public roadmap yet, but um, uh, I'll uh, I'll try to update you. Uh, maybe we can do a we can do another version because we we got some really cool stuff coming. You know, when you really think about what a multi sig vault is, and that it's kind of like a bridge and a storage solution for real, you know, like projects, real builders or, or real movers and shakers that are like institutional sized. There's a lot of functionality that you can put inside there for them that, you know, kind of keeps their money within the security of the multi-sig and the oversight of the multi-sig while also allowing it to earn and, and to venture out. Right. Right. So yeah, it's uh, it's, I, I, I'm a, a I don't want to get myself in trouble with my co-founders because I haven't seen any public hints on that yet. But yes, I would love to update that more. That's going to be, you know, closer to the uh, to the twelve month side. Right now, we're we're taking our checks off. We want to make sure we get support for all the different sets and all that uh, going. But yeah, yeah, it's a really exciting times. I'm sure you, you know, feel the same way with all the energy and development going on all over Bitcoin. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's just rife with energy right now. Um, so speaking of which, like outside of a Sigma and your personal project, what are you excited about in the crypto space, maybe the Bitcoin space, ordinal space uh, coming up? Man, there's a lot of good stuff. So uh, with with the new sort of parent child programmability with all the ordinal stuff going on, I think we're going to see some pretty cool on-chain games and I'm trying to imagine stuff like Wolf Game and stuff that we saw on other in other places but but at the stakes worthy of Bitcoin. And it makes me wonder what that might look like, right? Like like a high-end gambling room or something in some crazy Macau uh, casino like I think we can see some very interesting things coming from all this uh interactivity and programmability that's starting to be developed on the Bitcoin main layer. And then for me personally, I, I, I have regretted every bit of Bitcoin I've ever sold. Um, I've always told myself, you know, Hey, I'm, I gotta do this. It's, it's, this is necessary. I need to do this. I need this cash and I'll, I'll sell some. And of course, you know, uh, if you're in early enough, even though I didn't put in enough to make myself a billionaire, uh, 
I have Bitcoin to sell. It's just, man, I, every time I look, I'm like, I'll never be able to get that Bitcoin back, right? For, for as cheap as I originally did. I'll probably never get it back for, for as cheap as I sold it eventually. And so I'm looking for places where I can take loans against my Bitcoin. For instance, I loan myself um, some USDC against wrapped Bitcoin. And I bought this little small car wash with it. And then that money just goes to paying back the USDC on the Bitcoin loan. Now I've got a car wash and I'm getting my Bitcoin back, right? Wow. And so that's the kind of stuff that interests me because I want to use my Bitcoin to continue you know, building out my life, but I don't want to do it by selling it and then trying to reacquire it lower. That seems terrible. So what's caught my eye is SBTC, which is coming out on the Stacks layer. And I think they're sort of, you know, I'm, I'm not like uh, an insider or anything with, with that. But, you know, if, what my what my take is, is that they're realizing the same thing, is that Bitcoiners don't necessarily want to give up their Bitcoin. And I personally don't like going on to the ETH layer. I would prefer a quicker bridge, right? That's like Bitcoin to more Bitcoin ethos. And so right now... That's got my eye because I would move a couple of Bitcoin in a heartbeat, you know, take out a loan and then probably probably invest in something and then let the bull run sort of make the loan into peanuts and I'll, I'll pay that back later. Um, but yeah, that's that's like the serious version of me. And then, you know, the playful version is I can't wait to see the art that's coming. I, I really hope, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's Beeple or someone that's more traditional from the art world. But when you think about how glorious a canvas, an immutable, you know, inscribed Satoshi that's even being broadcast, you know, from satellites in space, um, how amazing that is. I think we'll get some cool talent, you know, beyond even what the cool talent we've already got, right? Like more people will come to it. So I'm excited for that. Excited for, you know, whatever sort of programmable little gamification people are going to come up with and how high stakes that'll be. And then, yeah, some lending against my Bitcoin would be awesome because I'm just tired of selling it. <laughs> well, that was that was perfect. I, I I think you covered a lot of the sides there of, of why you're excited about the space. It was a real pleasure having you on, Mike. Um, thanks for the great synopsis of like Cigna and letting us know what you're up to. Where can people catch up with you um, and your project? Uh, so a uh, Cigna.io a-s-i-g-n-a dot i-o uh or you can uh, find us uh a signa io on twitter um and then i'm all hell overlord on twitter uh track us down hit me up i'm always happy to work with someone one-on-one -on -one, especially any founders or anyone that's trying to do things right you know from the foundation on up uh the way i see it you know we're all gonna it, it's gonna be better for the the whole sector if we're all as safe you know and and sort of forthright and uh as we can be you know we we do the right things we take the right precautions and then we aren't all the rug right <laughs> yeah well said thanks again mike it was a pleasure having you on thank you i it's been such a great uh a chat thanks for giving me the opportunity and uh, i'll see you online talk soon you're welcome sir Bye. All right. Bye.